Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kia ora and welcome. From Radio New Zealand National, here's our changing world. Canterbury has been changing colour in the last few years as its famous stony soils are irrigated and green grass replaces dry pasture. But what happens when you add lots of water and nutrients in the form of cow urine to this stony ground? Alison joins Landcare Research soil scientist Sam Carrick, who takes her on a tour of some research farms around Lincoln, where they're using lysimeters to look at this very question. And the tour includes some rather large lysimeters inspired by the Christchurch rebuild. A lysimeter is a barrel, like a 44-gallon drum, that we hand-carve down into the soil. So we, we hand-carve it down the outside of an undisturbed column of soil, which has all of its nice little layers and kind of intricacies all sitting in place it's not disturbed and so we carve that down and then we slice it off the bottom typical lysimeters that we use for a lot of our research are 50 centimeters in diameter by 70 centimeters deep and the reason we go to 70 centimeters deep is that approximately encompasses the root volume of most pasture species so we use these a lot because that's about an average urine patch but often in these we're trying to understand an individual process such as what's happening underneath one single urine patch or a piece of soil that doesn't have any urine. So I can see all those containers sitting along there? Yeah. All yep. with their little plug of soil inside them? Yep, yep. Yeah. And then these have actually got a trench dug behind them. Yeah, so what we do is we've soils from two different places for, for we've had two different trials. Both are what we call stony soils in this case. Uh, so both of these have a lot of stones within about 40 centimetres of the surface of the soil. So at least half of these barrels will be, will, will be gravelly kind of So you bought them underneath. here from somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why have you picked them up and moved them here? Is this just so you have better control over what's happening here? Yeah, yeah. So one reason why we bring it back here is that we can control a lot of the variables that may cause something to go wrong and something we're trying to measure. So in this case here, one of the reasons why we bring that back to this facility is you can see we're kind of standing in the, the middle of two railway tracks here with a big glass house at one end. Which is movable, can yes. slide along the railway tracks. Yeah, 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 so that's triggered by rain. So if we happen to be very unlucky at this moment in time and a big rainstorm came in, we would be lucky because that glass house at the end there would be triggered by that rain and it would move over and cover some of these um, lysimeters here. The reason that we've got these here is that we're trying to study the effects of irrigation on water movement or leaching of contaminants. Whereas we might set up a trial and we'll try to look at different irrigation scheduling so we might irrigate every three days or we might irrigate every ten days. Um, that doesn't work if we end up having the wettest summer since 1933. So yep. you're completely controlling how much water is going onto the surface yeah. and then you can see what's happening underneath yeah, in the soil. Yeah. So our question here, like for one example, we looked at the lysimeters at the end of this trench here, the experiment we've just finished, is we looked at the effect of irrigation rates. So when you look at different irrigators, like a centre pivot, the ones we we're well used to across a lot of paddocks here, the rate of water that puts on is a lot faster at the end of the pivot than it is at the centre of the pivot. And so there's been a lot of questions by people about if you put the water on really fast at the end of a pivot, that might produce a lot more uneven wetting and potential leaching of, of nutrients than if it's put on at a lower rate earlier on um, in the centre part of the pivot. So what, we, what, what we've done here is we're able to go, OK, then we can test that. 
we've got 24 lysimeters. Eight of them will receive uh, water at 10 millimeters an hour was the actual rate it got put on and another eight got it at 25 millimeters an hour and another eight got it at 50 millimeters an hour. They all received exactly the same amount of water but they got it either faster or slower and we can see how did that make a difference in terms of uh, both nitrous oxide emissions, so how much gas came out of the surface and also the leaching of that nitrogen out of the soil. The other advantage you can see about bringing it back to here is we're able to then shove a whole lot of instruments into them very easily. So what kind of instruments have you got in these lysimeters? Oh, all of these lysimeters have, they have um, soil moisture sensors. You can see there's a little white one just poking out the side of one yep, over there. Gotcha. We've, we've got those poked into the side of the lysimeter at different depths. So we have some just in the topsoil, right at the top of the topsoil, one at, some at the base of the topsoil, some in the, the stony gravels underneath the topsoil. And so each one is, has, we can monitor inside it how it's behaving in terms of its soil water dynamics. So how does water move between the stony soils that you're looking at and this more loamy soil that we're standing on at the moment? Something of a stony soil, if you think 50% of the soil is full of stones, um, then no water moves through stones, most of us understand that. So you, you restrict greatly the amount of soil that the water can move through. And so in that sense, if you've got the same amount of water moving through a soil full of stones, and a soil that doesn't have stones, it will move through a lot faster through the stony soil, so it tends to get channeled down between the stones. So these stony soils, are they a feature just of an area like here on the Canterbury Plains? Uh, yeah, they're very extensive within, within the South Island, particularly the eastern South Island, and there's over a million hectares of them. They're, they're really quite a unique feature for New Zealand, formed by the glaciation of, our, of, the, of the Southern Alps and, and the mountains that we have. These are what we call the outwash gravels. So when the mountains were uh, strongly glaciated, they, they erode a lot of the mountains, produce a huge amount of sediment, and so what we find on the plains sitting out from those mountains is these big outwash gravels. Have they been the well Island. studied? Not so much traditionally because they were our dryland environments and they were very droughty. And so with the advent of, of irrigation, we've had a lot more um, expansion onto them and intensification because uh, they have a lot of advantages for, for, for agriculture and they're generally on, on, on flat land. They are free draining, they don't get waterlogged. They can um, often sometimes be a bit warmer in the spring with the stones, they warm up a bit faster. And, and you, you can manage them in terms of irrigation quite well and they'll respond quite nicely. So the big expansion of, irrig of um, irrigation in the last 20 or 30 years means that we have started uh, using these soils very widely and the other area which we've started using them widely has been in our um, viticulture. Uh, so we've had large areas in, on the, in both the East and North Island and in, in the South Island on these stony soils which have now been turned out to be very, very good for um, growing grapes. So have you had any results from these lysimeters yet? Yeah, we're finding some quite interesting results in that irrigation uh, rate can make a difference to how water moves through the soil but it seems to be more if you're putting it on at really high rates. Um, which it may, may, may occur under like some of our, our travelling irrigators or the big guns that we use, rather than sprinkler irrigation like in, in terms of our centre pivots there. But one of the other key findings that we've found there is the actual return interval, which is how frequently you irrigate, can make quite a big difference in terms of how water moves, but also how nitrogen moves and, and gas emissions on some of these kind of soils. So we're going to pop down into the trench. All of these lysimeters that we've got here are all have got multiple sensors in them. And if we open up this big container here, you can see there's a little pipe coming out of the ground, out of the soil there, and that's actually collecting the drainage from the base of the lysimeter over there. And it's, you can see just in there there's a little, basically a little spoon, like a, a dessert spoon. Oh yes. a plastic version there. And what that does is every six mils of drainage that comes out from the base of that lysimeter, it 
drops and empties it. So basically we count how many times that spoon tips and that will tell us the rate by which water comes out. So we can really start to understand then if we get a big pulse of water coming out, was that related to a certain type of irrigation that we did. So that's why you can see all of these little irrigation nozzles that we've got here. They're all controlled by individual solenoids. What we can do is every single one of these nozzles we can turn them on and off as we wish using the computer that we've got here. So um, that's how we can, can vary the rate but also the depth of water that we put on. Yeah, you can hear the noise there, it's running through every single those, one of those wires. So every single one of those sensors we've got within those lysimeters and measuring each one of those individually. But it's doing 20 of them a second type thing. So this is all really about understanding how can we use water most efficiently, how can we minimise the number of emissions we're making. Yes, both understanding what is happening under certain practices and certain types of soil types and that, and then um, what could we do to improve the way by which we, we, we manage those. So in this case we're looking at well, what actually happens under different types of irrigation systems and then we can also then start to test the idea as well if we modified the irrigation system would that make a significant difference or not and we can test it here before we start going out and recommending to everyone that they should go and change things or, or in that kind of sense we can study it here where we've got a lot of control over confounding variables. Now you've actually got two trenches and rows of lysimeters here, this one with the travelling greenhouse. What's going on in this other group? We're trying to basically use these lysimeters here to tune our models to be able to predict how different types of stony soils will, will work. So you'll see some have cobbles, some have more cobbles, some have less, some have none. And we're basically going to be studying these over the next couple of years with all different types of crops on them in terms of how those crops extract water out of those stony soils. So how they're affected by the amount of stones that are in them and then we can use that data to tune our models to better be able to model how these stony soils behave. So the lysimeters behind us, you just cord down like the cookie cutters, bought yeah. the, the intact soil column back here. Did you do the same here or have you had to make these ones? Yeah, no, these are a different approach because what we wanted to find here is we wanted to cover the spectrum of stone content that you could have. So we wanted to make some that had 50% stones um, down through the column compared to some that had 30% stones and some that had no stones. So we've just driven down the road a bit and things are getting bigger and bigger, Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. So where we've come to now is Ashley Dean Farm, which is a Lincoln University farm. And uh, this is a good farm in terms of it's got one of the stoniest soils that I, we have in Canterbury. I can see yeah, that just looking you, around. Yeah, as you can see, when the paddock's been cultivated, it is a lot of stones on the soil surface. And our challenge here is to, is to look at the winter feed crops and see, well, is there different crops that can make a difference, different animal management that could make a difference? So when you talk about forage crops, that's something like kale behind us in the paddock? Yeah, we've got a big a big paddock of kale here right beside us, and then the, the next paddock over just on the other side over there is, is a fodder beet um, crop. And so there's been a lot of work here on how to, how to best grow those and, and, and how to best uh, graze those, and looking at the, the, the impacts of those in terms of the, the nitrate that, that does leach out the base of them. What... Well, I've got down here now and we've developed is really the next scale up from our bowel lysimeters that we started off on. We've got two types of lysimeters. One's um, a big piece of uh, plastic sewer pipe that they're putting into, into, into Christchurch City after the earthquakes when we're replacing all of our, earth, um, our sewer network. And these things are... So this is what's in front of us? Yeah, right in front of you. And that, Size uh, of a kid's paddling pool? Yep, two metres in diameter. And so one of these is equivalent to 15 of those um, our normal standard lysimeters that we, that we started off at looking at um, earlier on. So two metres in diameter, how deep do they go? Uh, 1.2 metres deep. So they're, they're quite big. They weigh, weigh probably about 10 tonne each. 
And they're, again, a, a, an undisturbed column of soil, so we hand-carve those down and then we slice them off. And, and the real beauty about these is that rather than measuring a urine patch and a non-urine patch individually on separate lysimeters and then trying to model those together, what we can do on these big lysimeters is actually have both the urine and the non-urine areas together on the same lysimeter. And so we can get the interaction between them, the boundary around the urine patch, that can all be measured on, on here in its kind of representative area. And are these naturally occurring urine patches, i.e. are you letting the cows in to wander around, or are you creating urine patches, dumping the urine on? The trial which we're first going to start off with this winter is we're going to manually apply um, the urine at a known density. Under some of our winter grazing crops we might have, say, 50% urine coverage and 50% non-urine in terms of when the, when the cows graze that under the, the stocking densities that we have here. If that, that's the case then we would end up with, on, the, on this side, size lysimeter here, around seven urine patches that we'd put onto it. Or oh, the other piece of technology that we don't have off to the right here, the big... It's um, a square. Big square that we can see. <laughs> or actually a rectangle, is, but never mind. Uh, the, the next extreme is part and parcel of living in Christchurch the last few years. You get to look at a lot of pipes being dug out of grounds. So we, we've copied that idea here and tried our big sewer pipes. The other thing you see a lot of is shipping containers. Shipping containers everywhere. And so the other option we thought that we could test on these really stony soils is what happens if we cut a shipping container in half and buried that in the ground and turn that into a... A massive lysimeter. So you've got a shipping container under there? Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. Yep. <laughs> we got the big shipping container, we dug the soil out in all its little layers and, and stacked them all off neatly to the side, um, got a big higher bin, dropped it into the ground and then stacked it all back in again. So this is lysimeter um, construction using a big digger rather than an individual person. That's equivalent to 75 of our normal lysimeters in area, so it's huge. And so it's part of this kind of integrated program that we've got here going across the Lincoln Hub across a whole range of different um, institutes where we're looking at using lysimeters to try to quantify how our management activities both affect the performance of crops but also in terms of how water and nutrients leach out the base. So as you've seen today we've got yeah, a whole spectrum of different lysimeters in different locations studying a, a whole spectrum of questions. And in that year of soil story you heard Sam Carrick from Landcare Research. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this you can find more stories on our webpage, radioNZ.co.nz forward slash our changing world. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.